Hey guys, it's Maya and I just wanted to jump on here and promote my takes Instagram really quick because we're doing a lot of fun things. I'm doing more posts, more stories, and I also have to say I've started a new series called The Bottom Shelf and it's video reviews, IGTV video reviews, and I think they're super fun and they're all on the Instagram. So go follow my take on social media and specifically on Instagram at underscore my take. Hey guys, Maya here, and I just wanted to tell you about this amazing opportunity I got. I am working as an influencer for Literary Creations by Jenny. For those of you who don't know, she's an online retailer. She makes book sleeves, bookmarks, bookish totes and tees, all of the best bookish things. And because I'm an influencer, you can use code MYTAKE on any of your purchases for 10% off. All of this will be in the show notes below, but definitely check out Literary Creations by Jenny. Go follow her. Go use my code. Get yourself some bookish merch. Christmas is coming, so it's the perfect Christmas gift. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Holiday rom-coms, y'all. It is finally that time of year again over at my take. I'm so, so excited. Romance is my favorite genre. Christmas is my favorite holiday, so you combine them and you get holiday rom-coms and it's just like my favorite thing ever. And so, we are kicking things off this holiday season with Holiday by Monica Murphy. And it is a book that follows Candace, who is a perpetual holiday person. She like volunteers at a bunch of charities. It's very holiday oriented. And Charlie, who of course, he, like, works on a tree farm, which is owned by his family, and so he's always been involved with the Christmas season, and he hates Christmas. And Charlie's mom, basically, for reasons, sets the two of them up, and sparks fly, and it just, it wasn't my favorite holiday rom-com I've ever read, because, I mean, Let It Snow by John Green and Lauren Miracle and Maureen Johnson, What Light by Jay Asher, like, there are so many good ones. I have episodes on both of those, by the way. So, you know, go read those books and listen to those episodes. But there are so many good holiday rom-coms that this one wasn't, like, hitting my top tier. But it definitely was so good and cute, and I had such a great time with it. Like, there's been not very many holiday rom-coms that I've read and I've, like, not liked. Because they're just so cute and fluffy and fun, and I love them so much. So, I'm so excited to talk about it. So excited to kick off Christmas season at my take. It's going to be amazing. Books, TV, music, and movies, all things that make a big impact on everyone. I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who listens, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I am Maya Ghosh, and this is my take. As always with a book, we're going to start with a little bit on the writing, and the writing, uh, how do I say not good without saying not good? Because I don't want to be disparaging of the book, because I really did like have a good time reading it, but it's not a book that you read for the prose. Um, there were a lot of typos, like one or two paragraphs into the book I found a typo and I'm not a grammar person ask any of my friends I do not know grammar and so the fact that I found a typo was very shocking there was a lot of like extended letter words like when you write ever with like five r's at the end which feels very like juvenile and wattpad like there are other ways to show emphasis besides just stretching out the length of a word like physically 
especially like in a book unless it was in like a text or something I would get that if it was like you know you wrote it as somebody was texting like they stretched out a word that's fine whatever but just in the general narration to have that happen was not my favorite thing I tend to give books like these a pass I mean the writing was not good but holiday rom-coms especially like cheesy ones like this I tend to give a pass because for me they're just more like fun entertainment than anything else so it's like the fact that the writing was kind of trash is not throwing me from the book like there's some books where it's like you can't get over bad writing but for me with holiday rom-coms I'm just so swept up into like the entire season of it that I'm like this is fun and I don't even care that it's like bad writing because I'm enjoying myself so it was definitely more that kind of book like I would have expected for me a lot of the like trash romance that I read like hockey player new adult Cindy Madsen L Kennedy kind of romance I read that on Kindle because it's so much cheaper on Kindle so I feel like Holiday is a book that like I very much would have expected to be on like one of my Kindle reads where it was like a physical book and like the physical book is so cute I never want to get rid of it because that cover is adorable but definitely more of like a Kindle read than it is like an actual legit read but I still had a good time and while I was reading this book I was thinking I was like oh it's very like like grump sunshine because Charlie's a fucking grump but I was like no it's not grump sunshine because it's during the holiday season it has to be Grinch sunshine and just that revelation made me very happy because the Grinch is my absolute favorite Christmas movie ever I have three episodes on the Grinch each about the three different adaptations of the Grinch that have been existed they're up previously. I'm going to re-air them during the Christmas season because what happened to me last year was literally the week of Christmas. I was like recording in the morning, editing that night, and then posting them for the next day while I was like cooking up a storm and making Christmas cookies to do tins and stuff. Like it was such a fucking mess. So I'm re-airing those episodes uh, the week of Christmas this year. So they will be around for you guys to listen to them if you want to. But yes. These books are Grinch Sunshine, not Grump Sunshine, and that is all I have to say on the writing. And so, now that we've covered the writing, we can dive right into the plot, and it's set in Monterey, which is actually really cool. Monterey is such a cool little town. I actually took a girl's trip there this past summer with two of my best friends, Marissa and Chloe. Marissa's been on multiple episodes of the podcast, y'all should know. But yeah, took a girl's trip there, so it was super cool that like the city was very fresh in my mind as they were narrating around it, but... It's set in Monterey. Candace is very ditzy. Probably why our narration has like ever with five R's in it, but very ditzy. She also is very rich, but she talks about how her mom only left her money, not any of her brothers, but she has a really good relationship with her brothers because like Sarah's her brother's girlfriend and that's why they're friends. And she, like, talks about her brothers. So that was a really weird piece to add because it's like, are you just playing on stereotypical gender roles that she's the only one that got money? Was there some drama in the past with her brothers that we're not discussing? Like, it was really weird that that came in. And then speaking of her being really rich, her and Stella are having a conversation after she faints and she's concussed and she needs somebody to, like, stay with her. And they both completely seriously call live-in help servants which I was so confused by because Stella said not even a servant and I thought that Candace in her internal monologue was going to be like yeah Stella's like not as 
affluent as everybody else in our community and so like she likes to make fun of us for being super rich and Stella or not Stella Candace would have been like no like none of our housekeepers or women help or whatever are there but Candace just goes no not even a servant and I was like what like I didn't I did not understand it whatsoever and I thought it was so strange that a book that came out oh god what did it come out 2019 this book was published in 2019 and yet somehow it had that in it which made no sense to me but that was a thing I feel like those three points could have been put in my writing section but they're not in my writing section so they're part of plot so all that happens and Candace hears about Charlie because she's at a meeting with Belle and Belle's like look we want to grow social media and my husband and I want to retire and we need like the tree farm to be able to survive once we retire so you need to help me and Candace like goes back and forth and talks to people and also like her friend group was really weird because she was talking about how they're all new but she's like very open to like spilling her guts and she knows a bunch about them so I was like you didn't have to add in that they're new friends you could have just been like oh we haven't known each other that long but we're like fast friends because new felt like the wrong word to use there but anyways she like goes back and forth about this and decides that she's not into the idea and then we meet Charlie and Charlie's like like I said, grump. He's secretly rich, but lives like a humble farmer. I don't know why I said humble farmer. Probably because he's a farmer. But he like lives very much within his means like a normal person. He doesn't live like a rich person. And it reminds me of Brendan from It Happened One Summer because I remember he's like, yeah, even though I live like normally, I like have a shit ton of money because being a captain pays good money. So he was like, can afford to spoil is her name Stella in that book? Whoever the fucking main character is and It Happened One Summer. I have an episode on that book. I didn't like that book, but I have an episode on that book. Anyways, yeah, reminded me of him, but he's not into the idea either. So Belle proposes to Candace that they, like, just trick Charlie, but Candace isn't really into the idea either, so it, like, isn't working out. And then Candace goes outside. So, Belle's like proposing this idea and Candace wants to leave and Belle tracks her down and is like look 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 yada 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 I had a breast cancer scare this is why I'm doing this Candace faints at the idea of breast cancer and then she's sitting outside on the curb concussed waiting for Belle to get her truck and meets Charlie without knowing it's him and obviously is like instantly attracted to him but because she was concussed Belle lies about Candace like she's losing her memory and so Belle's like oh yeah we were meeting because you agreed to help me with this thing so then Candace feels like indebted and feels like she has to do this and has to be a part of it so it's like this really weird set of circumstances that comes to them actually doing it because like Candace is in her 20s her mom died when she was very little and not saying that that trauma is not still there clearly like I'm sure that trauma is still a lot and it's still there and she talks about it but I felt like a, the fact that she's fainting still at the mention of cancer, like, it would have been one thing if she had, like, a panic attack or something, but just to, like, completely out of the blue faint, I was like, mm. and I feel like a lot more of the conflict would have been, like, I didn't know my mom as opposed to, like, I wanted to live up to this image of my mom, I don't know, it just, like, didn't feel like a strong enough driving factor for most of the conflict that was in the book, because 
it was made such a big deal of, but it also felt like it didn't affect her day to day. Like, yes, they said that she was keeping busy during the holiday, so memories didn't come back, but we never saw a moment of her actually having to be alone. Like, had we seen this concussion and seen her have to be, like, alone with her thoughts on bed rest, and we see the memories flooding back, and we actually get to live that with her, it would have been one thing, because I feel like it would have hit the conflict home more, but it just didn't feel built up enough for me, because it was just kind of, like, told to us, and we never actually got to see Candace living through it, so, yeah, but because of Belle's lie, they are in this shenanigan, and Candace goes to the tree farm and has to pretend to be Dolores to get Charlie to talk to her, and it's, like, insta-lust with them on both sides it's like I get it you can be like very instantly attracted to somebody but it felt like a lot like they were I don't know it just felt like a lot and then for some reason they're at a meeting and he steals her coffee like for no apparent reason it wasn't like a cute flirty like let me take a sip of your drink kind of thing it was just like he took her coffee and chugged it for no reason and then she didn't have coffee and I was like this is not attractive like I didn't know why it was part of the book like I remember reading a story that may or may not have been a laugh ad story but like one of the the love interest was like oh I want wine they were like drinking and the main character had a wine glass and so instead of like going to the kitchen to get wine he just like took hers but he like took a sip and then gave it back and then was like oh come with me to get my own glass and I was like okay that's like rude but also like yes, sure, fun, flirty, do whatever you want. It had a purpose. This was, like, him just stealing her drink that she paid, like, probably five bucks for and chugging it, and I would be very much so pissed if somebody did that, not, like, oh, I actually want to fuck them. So, that happened. So, yeah, all of that happens, and then they go to the first tree lighting ceremony, and there's some, like, cool, good, fun tension between them, And they're having a great time, and they go back to her car, and they almost kiss, but Candace gets a call from Sarah, picks up on speakerphone because it's connected to her car, and doesn't just, like, let it ring, and Charlie hears how they're, like, gossiping about him, and he, like, flips the fuck out, which, like, is kind of understandable, but also, why are you not thinking that she's talking to her friends about you? Like, if I was talking to somebody, I'd be like, obviously, they're talking to their friends about me. Like, I would talk to my friends about them, right? That's just how the world kind of works. You know, I know when one of my friends is, like, talking to a guy, and I know what he looks like, and I know what his Instagram is, and I know what he, like, you know, these are things that you share with people. And so, yeah, I was a little like, oh, like, of course, a call had to ruin their, like, kiss moment, and I was like, okay, that's cliche, but that's fine, but then him getting so mad about that, I was like, eh, it's kind of how the world works, so, but he also, like, in his storming off is like, I'm attracted to her, but women are a distraction, and I don't get distracted, so I can't be attracted to her, which is toxic masculinity at its finest, and I didn't appreciate it, because, no like people are not distractions people enrich your life like the right kind of people enrich your life and make your life better and make you want to live life fuller and do things like like a great example is my roommate marissa love marissa to death sometimes it's like 10 p.m 
I'm going to bed because I'm an old person at heart and go to bed very early. And we will get into, like, the most random conversations that happen to be the most, like, funniest thing ever because it's, like, 10 o'clock and, like, everything is funny when you're tired and going to bed. And it's, like, is Marissa distracting me from my primary goal of going to bed? Yes. But am I mad at her? No, because our conversations are funny. And I'm sure when I leave college, those are going to be some of my favorite memories looking back on, like, our dumb conversations and the times we like can't stop laughing and talking to each other so it's like the fact that this is a trope and this is a very big trope especially with like grumps or like guys that have jobs that they are very dedicated to in the sense of like like you see it a lot with guys love interests who are in the military or hockey player romances and athletes you see that a lot they're like i don't get distracted women are distractions Also, it's very patriarchal bullshit to have it always be, like, the man is always, like, this is a distraction for me and I don't get distracted. Um, I feel like I just read, oh, yeah, when Dimple met Rishi, it kind of flips flips this on its head a little bit because she's the one, like, complaining about that. But it's not entirely the same in when Dimple met Rishi. But yeah, it's just patriarchal bullshit and I hate it and I do not appreciate it. But then Candace, of course, has to like, you know, apologize. So she brings him a latte and he taps her nose and then she patches him up after a tree attacks his face. And he's like, but I want to put on a show for you so you don't have to turn around when I change. It's very like explicit for them. Like they're very upfront about their attraction, which is not a bad thing. You know, they're very just like, yeah, we're attracted to each other. I don't know why they're very upfront about it and then never do anything about it, but I don't know. Then they go to this gala thing that, of course, has to be at the Pebble Beach Lodge because the book is set in Monterey. You can't not mention Pebble Beach. And Candace sees her ex and they have to pretend to be dating because she's, like, very shaken by how her ex is very dismissive of her. So, of course, they have a very cliche, like, let's get out of here moment, which... Those moments are so fucking cliche, but I'm actually, like, really here for it because I feel like I would really enjoy a let's get out of here moment, especially at, like, a party or something because I'm not a very big party person. But do that. They go to the tree farm at night, which is super cute for some reason in this. Like, they have their moment. They finally kiss. Candace, for some reason, compares Charlie to her dad, which is gross. And then, like... After two weeks, she's already in love with him, and they're hosting the Christmas party at the tree farm, and they work quietly in his office, which that's another, like, really cute trope. Like, I love the, like, we're just gonna sit in the same room and, like, do work and be quiet but be content with each other. Like, that was adorable. And then Charlie's talking to Belle, and he, like, admits that, you know, they're a thing and they're dating, and Belle's like, yeah, well, I approve. She also, in that moment, confesses that she lied. And then later that night at the party... Belle tells Candace, and Candace is like, oh, Charlie, did you know? And he doesn't even try to say, like, oh, I only heard about it this morning, and I didn't want to tell you because the party was going on, and I didn't want to stress you out, but I was going to talk to you about it later. Like, he doesn't try to say anything. He just, like, lets her leave, and then we skip the week that they're all sad, and he's, like, coming over to apologize, and they make up, and, like, they have this special Christmas tree that he gives her, and they think they can fall in love with each other, even though she said she was already kind of in love with him, and they say Merry Christmas. And that's how the book ends, and it's super cute. So, to wrap up this episode, as much as I shit on the writing and as much as I shit on a lot of the plot points, like, I really did enjoy myself 
clearly it's not the best book I've ever read. I think overall my main issue with it is it felt very underdeveloped, but I liked reading it and I like any and all holiday rom-coms, especially ones involving a tree farm. Like what light is so fucking adorable and I love that book so much and tree farms are just so cute and they bring the Christmas season even more and it always makes you think of like the Taylor Swift song because it goes in my heart is a Christmas tree farm I can't sing I apologize but you know they're just so cute and fun and like I love them so much I have so many episodes on them I can't wait to do so many more episodes on them it's the very first one and so we're gonna talk about so many more both books and movies, and I'm just so excited for the Christmas season. I'm so stressed because it's my, like, week before finals week and my finals week, but it's gonna be so good, and doing this is bringing me so much joy and hopefully taking away or pushing my stress off to the side for, like, the 20 minutes that I'm recording so I can, like, have fun and not just dive stress during finals. Anyways, I'm going on tangents. Love Christmas rom-coms. There's going to be a lot more episodes, so stay tuned for those. And if you have any recommendations, message me on Instagram. It's at underscore my take. And, yeah, give me your Christmas rom-com recommendations. And maybe if they don't make it in this year, they will definitely make it in next year. But, yeah, I have been Maya Ghosh, and this has been my take on Holiday by Monica Murphy. Thanks for listening. So we're kind of a one-woman show here at My Take, so the credits are not going to be very long. This podcast is produced and edited um, by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore My Take on Twitter and Instagram. Please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.